Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for the Natural State Football Report with Clint Conk. Taking a closer look at football across the great state of Arkansas with the winningest coach in UCA history. The Natural State Football Report is brought to you by Farm Brothers Flying Service. For the past decade, they've been providing crop dusting services to the farmers of Southeast Arkansas, and they can help you too. Call 870-26300. And brought to you by Kitchens Truck Sales. For all types of used trucks and trailers for almost all industries, especially farming and farming related. KitchensTruckSales.com. Now, let's toss around the pigskin in the zone with Justin, Wes, and the coach. All right, disappointing losses, fantastic wins, and a huge upset in Division Two. Coach Conk, what do you say? Good to be here. Crisp morning. Colin. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. Almost like waking up in Montana, isn't it? <laughs> uh, uh, no, it's about 20 degrees too warm for that. <laughs> Uh, we talked about you a little bit at the Touchdown Club or heard about you and your story of uh, walking your team to the venue when you were in Montana, which I actually kind of thought was cool. I walked over with you guys. I thought it was kind of neat. It was really cool. And then I got to sit in a warm press box the entire yeah. time during the game. It was crazy. <laughs> about 12 degrees that morning. Um, you know, the gist of the story, and I'm sure Nathan told it much more eloquently, but the seniors had not had an opportunity to have their senior walk uh, – before the Texas State game, we had to beat Texas State to get in the playoffs, and we did a great game. They didn't want to play the game because they'd moved up to FBS, but we had it scheduled for them to come to Conway. We held them to it. We beat them last second field goal. We didn't get to walk because it rained. Anyway, we go to Montana. I don't know if it was my son or some, but one of our boosters told us about three-quarters of a mile, there's a bridge that crosses the river, and uh, you're right there at the stadium. And the tailgate areas right there and so forth. So I gathered the staff the night before. They thought it was a pretty cool idea. I met with the seniors. They were all for it. It was just kind of a psychological thing that, hey, it's cold. It's 12, 13, 14 degrees, whatever it was. I mean, there's ice chunks going down the river, literally chunks of ice. And uh, long story short, we made it. I don't know if he told this part once we got And it had never been done before. And to my knowledge, never done again. So we got that working for us, right? We come over the bridge and we shock their fans. I mean, and there's 10,000 people at 10 o'clock in the morning tailgating in 12, 13-degree weather. And once they recognized who we were, all of a sudden the patrons there were offering all of our players, you know, shots of Jack Daniels and tequila <laughs> and food and so forth and so on. And, and uh, fortunately for our guys, they didn't do that. But maybe we should have, you know, because we didn't get off to such a rousing start that game but we did play better in the second half great experience great experience it was it was that uh very I, very incredible environment by the one of the best yeah. i've ever been in it's the best environment i've ever been in i will say too i've said that before and it's it's just a cool stadium and it's loud as crap and it's built below the ground but then they deck it out up top i mean it's, and you got the mountains around you yeah similar to byu yeah the mountains are a little bit taller there but uh i like the montana state setting better it was less intimidating montana state or montana was freaky scary it was it was rough but anyway uh, we, they came up yesterday, so it was a funny memory, so cool. I thought I'd mention it. I heard Nathan did a great job. He was great, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, talked about six wins and what it means at their level versus what it means at the FBS level. They're not going to a bowl game. You don't get squat for six wins. <laughs> it's a tough gig. And really, the, the Bears are kind of at that breaking point right now. I don't know that they can afford to lose. I would say they can't afford to lose another game. they got to be perfect the rest of the way, and they got a tough schedule. But it, we'll get to them in a minute. Let's talk yep. about the Hogs and their yep. trip to the mountains. It went really well. Um, you know, Arkansas winning the way we kind of are assuming they're going to have to win the rest of the season, Coach, by outscoring their opponents. Yeah, so uh, just what the doctor ordered. Um, I don't know what happened uh, in the conversations with Coach Bryles and Coach Pittman and the offensive staff and the players, but that looked like a very, very well-tuned, to me, offensive football team. Now, obviously, they scored 50-something points, and you'd say that, but um, I thought Jefferson played free. He was confident in the pocket. He threw with confidence when he uh, had to move or he – you know, had to get off platform. He wasn't throwing it real high. I mean, he just looked mm-hmm. he looked relaxed, confident, uh, obviously put up career numbers, um, super impressed with the run game, uh, the receivers, and you know, all of them got involved. Obviously, we got to see Landers really show some speed for the maybe the first time this year. And I was impressed with all the running backs. A.J. Green, I really thought, kind of had us coming out party. Just to, I mean, obviously Sanders had the big day, but Green did some really nice things too. They've got a nice one, two, three punch there, and now they're all experienced. And uh, but just a tremendous offensive performance. And again, uh, maybe the week off helped KJ. Well, you know, no uh, doubt. Yeah, and so then you go to the other side of the football and you know, bless their heart. And I mean, they're playing without so many people on the back end. They're, they're, they're really conflicted of how to try to piece it together between the three-man front, the four-man front, whether to blitz, whether to play coverage. You know, they're just really challenged on the back end, the penalties and, the, you know, play, big plays. Uh, you know, the second half they played a little bit better, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to score some points, you know, because that defense is going to – it's going to yield. And uh, they yield to BYU, and they're going to yield to Ole Miss and probably LSU and – Whoever else, say Auburn. I mean, I was impressed with Auburn. I mean, honestly, with all the smoke that's going on down there. Um, I keep waiting to see a sign that they're giving up, and I don't see it. I knew, uh, not out of that football team. 21 nothing, And I was like, that's it. They're, they've nope. quit, on, and he's about to be fired, and it, just like we thought. And the next thing I look back at the score, and it was like 28-21. You know, they made a big comeback. Well, it was uh, – yeah, and they had the ball inside the 10, I think, at one time. And didn't score, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they, they competed hard. But, yeah, getting back to the Razorbacks, I mean, career days by several guys. Uh, I thought that they were intentional when to run Jefferson and when not to run him. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, keeping him healthy was uh, is going to be important. But, hey, they've got a um, – you know, defensively, they just got to heal up, get all the pieces back together. Everybody get back in the weight room, relax, recharge. They've got a tough stretch still coming up. I mean, outside of maybe Liberty, which, you know, barely beat Gardner-Webb. But those type teams typically put their best foot forward when you go into those type of environments. So they'll have to prepare that week. But this will be a big week for them to heal up, recharge, work with their down-the-line guys, uh, their red shirts, things like that. I do think we need to mention Hudson Clark, though, Um, you know, and – Probably not the most gifted athlete that Arkansas's ever had playing in the secondary, but I think Coach Pittman has a lot of con- and Coach Odom a lot of confidence in that young man. He's the type of kid to me. Whatever you need me to do, Coach. Wherever you want me to play, Coach. However you want me to do it, Coach. And he's going to be there every single day. Safety, no problem. Nickel corner, I got it. 
corner, boundary, field, whatever. And so kudos for him. A lot of numbers, statistics. Unfortunately, with your safety, he's got that many tackles. That's a problem. But um, kudos to him. I think he was co-SEC player of the week. And It's better than the safety missing the tackle. That's correct. That, that, hey, there you go. Yeah. You know, they had six guys out. Once uh, Malik Chavis went down yeah. and left the game, six guys who play a lot in the secondary were out. Three didn't even make the trip, and you already had two that's done for the year, and so Malik made six. That's just That just shows you how far down they are depth-wise well, in the secondary. Well, my question is how many did they actually travel? I mean, because you lost one or two more in that game, and then all those guys play special teams too. Oh, yeah. You know, so you, had, you start adding you know, 10 or 15 more percent snaps when you start the kicking game. Give me a coach's thought on this, and – I wish we had Coach Pittman. I'd like to ask him, but you know, Wes made the asked the question. A lot of people have been wondering this on social media. Where are the freshmen? You know, you're seeing guys yeah. converting who are upperclassmen converting from wide receiver over to D back. Played some D back in high school, maybe. Not to say that they can't do the job, but where are the guys that have been training since fall camp that are freshmen to stick in there, if only for a stopgap for a few weeks, and still not lose your red shirt? Yeah, uh, and you play four games, right? You know, maybe they just uh, maybe some of those guys are hurt. Maybe they're not far enough along. We don't hear about them because. They're not on the travel team or that kind of thing. So there could be some of them that are injured, uh, some that just may not be physically ready. Uh, you hope they're not recruiting misses. But you're, you're right. The the McAdoo kid I see from Clarendon, mm-hmm. uh, I see him out there, the young man that playing corner, I guess. Uh, there's, there's two or three, but not a lot of them. And um, the running back maybe, um, is that right? Uh, they trans- they moved a receiver over. Yeah, yeah. Bakke. Bakke yeah. and yeah. Then the, the kid from Clarendon that you mentioned. Yeah. Those are the two wide receivers they moved to corner. Yeah, and I mean, you see two or three true freshmen, but you don't see the others, so you do. You wonder why. Maybe they're not ready. Maybe some are injured. Uh, this will be a big week, though, to find out who can step up and help in the depth and in the kicking game. What's the hardest, outside of quarterback, what's the hardest position to get ready for a freshman? As far as responsibilities. Uh, I mean, offensive and defensive line. Is it? Okay. Off- offensive line. More so than corner? Corner's tough, but, you know, if you can run and you've got good hips at high school, you can run and you have good hips in, in college. I think offensive line's the hardest because the speed of the game, the size, the strength, it's 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 brutal. It's just tough. Gotcha. Happens, a, happens fast. I had a former player tell me, the closer you are to the ball, the harder it is to play as a yeah. freshman. The further yeah. away from the ball you get, yeah. the easier it skill is. Skill is skill. I mean, sure. skill is skill. If you run 4-4 four, four in high school, you're probably going to run 4-4 four, four in college. What know? if you're running 4-4 four, four the wrong way, Coach? <laughs> that happens. <laughs> it happens. We we uh, saw the, uh, the three-man front against Mississippi State, and it was just it was hard to watch. Yep. And so they come out in the four-man front against BYU, and they're trying to put a little pressure on the quarterback, and they're throwing it all over the place, and yeah. they're scoring touchdowns. At halftime, Coach Pittman goes to Odom and says, we got to change it. I don't care if they run for uh, – 500 yards, yeah. Go back. And they yeah. did. They went back to the three-man front, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Why are, we, why are they doing this? What is going on? I don't want to see this anymore. And sure enough, BYU right down the field twice, but it was taking time off the clock. Mm-hmm. Arkansas had the lead. And then sooner or later, they got that stop, and they kept adding to the lead with the, the offense. What do you think of that? To just, I mean, do you do that sometimes just to switch it up because what you were doing wasn't working? Absolutely. In-game adjustments are critical um, on both sides of the ball. The thing that I, I made the comment earlier, I think they're conflicted because they want to protect the back end, but they don't want to just get completely gashed up front in the run game, and then you start committing more players to the front – then you expose your back end. So, I mean, they've got to get some people back. I mean, that's the whole thing. If you can get 
a couple of guys back that have experience and can play in the SEC on the back end, uh, then you now you can be a little bit more multiple by choice up front. But I think to your point, once they got a two-score lead, the three-man front became effective mm-hmm. because BYU had to make the decision, well, we can run the ball, but it's going to take time. And once you got a three-score lead, then they had to throw the football. Then you're sitting back there with dropping eight, and you're right where you want to be. Uh, it was a good calculation, but I, I think they're really conflicted about how to protect the defensive backs with what they do up front. And that comes down to people. Mm-hmm. You know, you can scheme, yes, but people make the scheme. And so uh, hopefully this week the big thing is they get some guys back healthy, then they can maybe start doing a little bit more mixing it up and, you know, not tipping their hand. Give me real quick, what what's the best use of a bye week in your opinion? I mean, how much do you grind them mentally and try to get them prepared no, for Auburn no, versus? No, 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 no. To me, I mean, I always believe that. Uh, you do you work, rest them? You get you them in the weight room. Them, you get them in the weight room. You lift them. You rest them. You concentrate on school. Um, you don't have them on the field as much. Not you, they're on the field, but they're not getting the the bulk of the reps. They're getting individual work. They're getting footwork. They're getting drill work. But then seven on seven, eleven on eleven. That's all the younger guys, the backups, those kind of things. So I, I thought it was a big player development week for me, also to uh, rest the starters and the front line guys. With that said, maybe on Thursday, they introduce a little bit of Auburn um, into the practice schedule. But gotcha. the first part of the week. Man, those guys are resting, they're healing, they're in the weight room, concentrating on school, doing those type things. Talking to Clint Conk, thanks to Farm Brothers Flying Service and Kitchens Truck Sales. If you're just tuning in, it's 1041. Let's talk about uh, Arkansas State. There's been some tough luck along the way. Obviously, they've been on class in a couple of games, but you had a meltdown opportunity against Memphis. You missed by a few points against uh, Old Dominion. Dominion. And then the Southern Miss game this last weekend by a single point. So, been tough luck for them. They've played some good football, just not good enough in a few situations. They're better. I mean, I don't think there's any question they're better. Uh, Blackman has played extremely well. You know, there's a lot of question mark. You know, last year the controversy, then this year can he rise up? Young man is in the top 15 in the country in pass efficiency, completion percentage. I mean, he is doing a, a good job. He can't do it all by himself, though. The problem I see is they're playing pretty good defense. They can't run the ball effectively or consistently. I think they ran for like 50 yards or something this week. I mean, just I mean, a low number. but And this seems to be a theme. You can't be one-dimensional in any league. And um, it seems that Blackman's having to carry that, that football team. But I do think they're better. I, I saw – part of one game and a lot of highlights throughout the season, and they look like they're skilled, they look like they're athletic, um, but they haven't been able to push and pull people up front, and so that makes them somewhat one-dimensional and puts a lot on the quarterback. But I don't think there's any question. They're better and they're more competitive. Um, but um, I like them this week against Lafayette. What, saw, what I, happened to that program in one year? I know the coach left, but gee, many Christmas. Well, they had 15 guys transfer, transfer. out. Uh, some went to Florida, some went to LSU. Um, they graduated a great class. Boy, they did not – they beat Marshall. I'll give them that. They beat Marshall, but they did not look like the same football team physically that I've seen um, in the last half dozen years. Mon- they went to Monroe, and Monroe beat them by two or three touchdowns. That's hard to believe. Yeah. So Do you I, like Arkansas State to go to Monroe like this Arkansas week? I like Arkansas State this week to go to Lafayette and beat the Cajuns. I hate to say that because I was born in Lafayette and That's got a lot okay. of family down there. But I, it's another person. We're just trying to win. I understand. Uh, by the way, Arkansas State is the second-best team in the country, tied for second with a couple other schools, at uh, covering the number. There's 6-1 and one against the number this year, in case you're interested. And I'll have to look at the line here. I haven't seen it. But 
Uh, let's move on to Arkansas, Central Arkansas. Yeah. The Bears probably raised some eyebrows this week. Honestly, Coach, and looking at the numbers, I wasn't shocked at all the way things played out. I've seen your your program and then Coach Campbell and on and Coach Brown defend the, the option pretty well, and they defended it extremely well Saturday. But the bigger thing was this was a team in Kennesaw State that was giving up almost 300 yards passing a game, and, man, did they do a great job of taking advantage of that. Hello, Chris, uh, Christian Richman. Yeah. Fi- finally, we figured out that he plays offense too, right? Yeah. Uh, no, and I know he's been injured, and they've been kind of working him back, but a uh, career day for him. I think he set an A-Sun record uh, for receptions, I believe. But, uh, uh, I mean, you look, the last three games, great win uh, on the road, um, long trip. The thing that uh, Kennesaw, I think, was playing with their backup quarterback. Well, he started the year. He started the first two oh, okay. games. The other guy goes in, plays two games, and this kid actually played okay. He played the better part of the game before, too. So he's played the majority of the time. Okay, okay. Didn't so, have much numbers in the yeah. way of numbers. They obviously feel more comfortable with the other guy yeah. throwing it. Yeah, throwing it. But, um, I mean, I thought they shut down the, the option, gave up a couple of plays at ironically, in the past game, yep. which, you know, you commit numbers, then they have those opportunities. The coach's kid, I think, the tight end. Yeah. It was crazy because I've got your game on in my ear. <laughs> you know, I got the earplugs on. I got the uh, Arkansas game, the Tennessee game. I got the iPad going. I mean, I felt like super, You're in heaven. I felt like super fan. I'm going, what have I become? <laughs> um, but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, great win. Uh, I don't know if Kennesaw is Kennesaw of two or three years ago, but it doesn't matter. It's just what the doctor ordered for the Bears. The defense is continuing to improve, and they're going to be a problem down the stretch. What's exciting to me is that the Bears have scored 40 twice and 50, I think. 49, 49, 51. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, just, you know, they're averaging 50 points a game the last three games. So um, the quarterback is much more comfortable than he was earlier in the year. Uh, it was good to see Hayden Ray make a couple of yeah. uh, field goals, you know, so the confidence level's there. So I think they're peaking at the right time. Coach Brown's probably excited that they've got a an open date this week. Mm-hmm. But when I'm hot, I want to keep mm-hmm. playing, you know. That's just like in 2012, we beat Jimmy Garoppolo in Eastern Illinois, who was a playoff team that mm-hmm. year. I mean, we destroyed them. And then we get a freaking open date, Right before the first, uh, second round of the playoffs. And I just thought we had lost all of our momentum. I wanted to play, you know, host a game and play that next week. And uh, I just thought we lost some of our mojo when we didn't play. But the Bears are hot and they're playing well right now. They've got a tough stretch. Homecoming with UNA, they should be okay there. But at Eastern Kentucky, SFA, Jacksonville State, that's a tough last three. I like their chances against the first few, and then if, if everything's on the line for the Jacksonville State game to get to the playoffs, it'll be a lot of fun, I think. Yeah, Jacksonville where, State's really good. That's at home, too, right? That is. Last yeah. game of the year. Yep. yep. Uh, let's talk about UAPB. Tough loss this weekend. Speaking of close ones, 34-31 at home against Alabama A&M. They also get a bye week this week. That is the recurring theme around the state. Three out of the four Division ones are off. Yeah, um, just close, competitive football. Um, just can't score enough points. They're playing pretty good defense. Uh, seem to be a little snake bit right now. Um, offensively, they're not they're not scoring enough points to win. And and when you're at home, you got that's one thing you got to do: score some points and defend. And uh, they've got an open deep open week this week. It's an opportunity for them to do uh, as a coaching staff to do a lot of analytical work to figure out what they're doing good enough to win, what they need to improve on. Um, they they've got uh, FAMU at FAMU, uh, Florida A and M, and at Grambling the next two weeks. So, those are winnable games. Grambling's not that good. Florida A and M's always pretty physical, um, but uh, 
we knew we knew after the first two that it was going to be going to be tough, and they're right in the middle of it right now. All right, D two coach, uh, we got to move here pretty quick. Yep. Uh, I mean, team of the week's got to be Henderson State, right? Yeah. That was my game of the week last week, and just kudos to the Reddies uh, beating Harding. That really knocks you know Harding out of the race. So you got um, in the Great American Conference two lost teams are Henderson, Harding, and East Central, who I've talked about several times out of Oklahoma, OBU. A uh, big win over uh, UAM. They fell behind 7 nothing and then reeled off 41 straight points uh, to beat UAM. They're a beast right now, top five team in the country, I think. So Coach Knight's got that program going. But kudos to the Reddies. Huge win. Um, What's our best game this week? Boy, you didn't have to ask me that. I thought um, you you always have a game of the week. I know, I don't. Uh, I'll look it up. It's okay. O- uh, OBU hosts SAU. I got it right here. Okay, let's go with that. There we go. Uh, SAU can score some points. How about high school? Um, kudos. I guess it was Ryzen got over on Fordyce this weekend. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and then uh, what's our big game? We got uh, Bryant Cabot and Bryant. Cabot this yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah, Bryant and Cabot's got to be the game of the week. Uh, it big, is on the buzz. That was a big game last week up there. 31 30, Bentonville beat Fayetteville in overtime, and Fayetteville had the lead most. Uh, uh, Catholic held serve at homecoming. Um, that was a huge crowd, Coach. I, yep. I walked in the same, and it was a, it was problem parking. Bro, I have friends yeah. that don't have kids at Catholic that are going to Catholic games now. Yeah. That have never <laughs> gone to Catholic. So I, happy for them. I, my buddy graduated from Hall. His kids went to Little Rock Christian. He's going to Catholic games for fun now. I'm like, okay. Yeah, you know, uh, Zach played quarterback and graduated from Catholic. He's he's clamoring to get, get down for a game to watch him play. Wife and I have talked about going uh, uh, to the stadium and watching him play, but um, – Big game this week, obviously, is, is Cabot and Bryant. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to boil down in 7A uh, to Cabot, Bryant, Conway, and probably Bentonville out of the West. Cabot and, playing the Tennessee role this week? Well, if you're a Conway if you're Conway fan, you want Bryant to win. Okay? This would give Cabot a loss because you still have Bryant in two mm-hmm. weeks. Yeah. So, um, saying, yeah, three way tie. That's right. That's, That's right. So, uh, but a lot of good high school, a lot of good teams. Uh, uh, Ryzen and, and, and Fordyce must have been a heck of a game, but you know, Ryzen got the, got the better of it. But, uh, yeah, Toddy been there now. Clay Toddy, boy, he's 20 good. plus. Has he been there 20? No, I know. Well, I've close. been here since 03, so probably that's 19 years. Well, when I got here, in, yeah, when I started covering, I was gonna sports, say 20, 22 years, yeah. and Bo Emery's been at Warren for. Yeah. Twenty years, old. yeah, yeah. So, well, I tell you what, they play good football down in southeast South Arkansas, man. You know, Prescott's probably a favorite in three A. Um, yeah, they went down to Homer, Louisiana, and beat them yeah. nine to nothing. Yep, and that was a good team. Yeah, Homer's really yeah. good year in and year out. Wow. Yeah. Hey, Brett Bielema might want to hire him up at Illinois. I tell you what, we don't talk about this. offensive coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about this program enough, but right down the road here at Hazen and two A football, I think yep. got a pretty dead gum football yep. team now. Coach, we got to run over to Birmingham and check in with John Neighbors covering the SEC Media Days. Uh, thanks to our friends at First Security, but let's thank uh, our friends at Farm Brothers Flying Service and Kitchens Truck Sales per usual. Appreciate your segment always. You can stick around and talk some hoops if you want. Uh, no, but uh, I do want to thank Alan Kitchens over at Kitchens Truck Sales and then uh, Lance Gasway and the staff over there at Farm Brothers and all their, their employees as well. Appreciate them letting me do this segment every week, and I hope you get out and support our patrons.